Recording in progress. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Complete Sports Media's podcast on the Complete Media Network. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And joining me as always on a Monday, Jason Cameron. Hey, buddy. How's it going? I'm doing, I'm doing good. good. I'm doing great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We had some tif- technical difficulties, so we're starting a, a touch late. I was hoping we would get to a lot of NBA talk, and we're expecting a, a mystery guest to join us uh, any minute here. And uh, I haven't uh, spilled the beans. Nobody spilled the beans to you, and uh, we'll be able to welcome this guy in. He's he's in for a, a limited time, but we'll um, get a chance to chat with him in, in a minute here. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, you'll 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 be excited once we get it going, and uh, I think it's going to be a fun podcast today. Um, I I wanted to talk about the NBA to start with, and I kind of um, thought uh, we'd have about half an hour to talk about the NBA, and then we'd get into some other talk. But uh, we're we're running out of time, so uh, I do want to start with uh, something that happened on the weekend that's. Um, been pretty cool. Uh, a mutual friend of ours reached out and said how excited she was over the weekend. I was watching uh, some sports and our friend Renata has had two amazing moments this weekend. Uh, a Serbian athlete was named the MVP of the NBA and a Serbian athlete has won his 19th Grand Slam. And so we are, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be able to get into that talk a little bit. But uh, we're joined by our mystery guest here today. Jason uh, had no idea you were coming on. You had no idea I was going to be joined with Jason as well. So we've got a panel here now. Uh, we get to talk uh, some sports. Uh, this is Scott Holburn, everybody, uh, for you longtime viewers and listeners. Uh, a, one of our analysts that we've had over the years. Haven't seen him in a little while, but uh, we're welcoming in today. Hey, Scott, how are you? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> really good. Really good. Uh, I guess you guys are both surprised to see each other on the screen, too? Yeah, I'm just going to bring up both of you. Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. How are you doing, Scott? I'm, I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, great, great. <laughs> yeah, this will be fun. We'll get to talk some MMA. Uh, we'll get a little bit of uh, back and forth. Uh, huge card this weekend. Uh, man, uh, I love it when we can get some see some title fights. This card was special because there was three five-round fights on the card. Two title fights and one that was supposed to be a main event a couple weeks ago. And they pushed it to this one and they kept it five rounds. Uh, lots to break down and lots to talk about. Uh, t- how was the viewing experience for both of you guys for USC 263? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. Here, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, Jason. Okay. okay. All right. For me, absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, I was uh, at a friend's place. Uh, he was uh, setting up. Dinner, dinner, it was a barbecue, barbecue with ribs, ribs, it was beautiful. But then, then also accentuated the night was just, just a great kind of fights, man. It was fantastic. 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 Really fantastic. fantastic. 
Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I didn't get together with uh, the, the gang as usual, but uh, was able to watch it uh, at my house and uh, enjoyed it immensely. Uh, got some nice texts back and forth from Scott as well. Uh, I guess you were watching the, the main card uh, live, which was nice. Uh, How did you enjoy it, Scott? Well, it's great. I mean, anytime you've got Diaz on the card, it's, it's always going to be fun. You know, you never know what to expect with that guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was great. I mean, it was a long, long card. I think it was uh, record setting, wasn't it? 14 fights on this one. So, yeah, I mean, it was. But I think like, the length of time for, because there were so many decisions, but uh, there were some great fights. Yeah, yeah, there sure was. Yeah, it's funny that uh, the. Not the main event, not the co-main event, but the, the third fight that was a five-rounder ended up kind of stealing the show. Uh, Nate Diaz comes out of nowhere, hasn't fought in quite a while. He didn't win, but he becomes the story of the night. Uh, it's amazing that he can still move the needle so much, even in a loss. Yeah, well, I, mean, I, mean, I can't, can't believe he could take that kind of punishment and not and, and, and still, still keep going. going. I mean... I mean, he's more, better guys would have been out by that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, were you getting off your seat uh, when he almost KO'd him? He had him wobbled. Uh, he was trying to go in for the kill. Didn't didn't throw as many punches as he should have right away, but uh, how'd you feel in that last minute? Holy cow, he almost pulled out that victory. Jason. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Dude, Dude, what I'm, I'm going to say about Nate Diaz, yes. he, he is, is just, just, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a warrior. Like, yeah. I, 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 I can say that. He's, he's like, like the WWE, WWE ultimate, ultimate warrior. <laughs> that guy always, always gives himself a chance to win. win. Yeah. He will he never quit on himself, and you can't, can't make him quit. You, you cannot make that man quit. Let's be honest here. Edwards was pitching his cutout up until the fifth round and the last in a half, half of whatever, whatever it was, was. Yeah. Until, until he, he hit, hit him, him with, with that, that overhand left, left that, that almost show on its own, <laughs> which was, was incredible. incredible. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm watching it with my friends. friends. We're, all We're all freaking out because he just almost off the impossible. The improbable. He was not in that fight. It wasn't supposed to happen that way. And then he almost it into like the win ever. And, and so, so even the, the legend, the legend of Nate Diaz grows. Yeah. It grows and expands and becomes something even more than what it was before he walked into the octagon that night. Yeah, I was wondering if it would become a little bit of a sideshow because, uh, you know, he, he does a lot of crazy things. He's off the wall. He's had a lot of problems in press conferences. This particular press conference, he brings some weed with him start smoking it, rolling it up while he's sitting there taking questions. Uh, Arizona has um, legalized marijuana and uh, and smoking weed in that uh, that whole state. So he was like, oh, I'm taking advantage. Uh, the UFC has adopted a policy that uh, weed is not a performance-enhancing drug, so they're allowing fighters to test positive for that. It's not going to cause them any grief. Uh, being in Arizona, having their lax laws now, uh, he took advantage. I was really hoping he wouldn't come in super sluggish and uh, acting, uh, you know, stone. But um, he 
He danced around too much. He clowned around too much. That's, you know, that's one of the things he does. But if he would have uh, taken it to him a little bit more throughout the fight, he probably could have ended it sooner, don't you think? He could. No? No. no. I mean, you're talking about Diaz? Diaz? Like, could he take it to, to Edwards? No way. I mean, Edwards was just too fast. Way, you know, I mean... Edwards got Edwards didn't listen to his corner between the fourth and fifth too. They told him to keep up the leg kicks, which he didn't do. He totally got complacent. He was trying to ride out and he got caught. Yeah, that was a yeah. He definitely got caught by that left and it wobbled him bad. Uh, did you think uh, it was gonna end? Did you think he was gonna finish him there? I did. I thought I did, and and it was almost. It wouldn't it have been worth. Work. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Diaz, the problem with Diaz, he could have stayed on and take off for two years. I mean, I wish he would fight more, but uh, I mean, Edwards deserved to win that fight, but man, like, it was pretty close. I mean, if Edwards were to listen to his corner, kept up the leg kicks, and didn't take his foot off the gas, this never would have happened. I think so. I think it's a learning experience for him. Yeah. Uh, even in a win, did did it did it reduce his stock a little bit? Did it increase his stock because of that last minute? It seems to be a question now if he can be the next guy against Kamara Usman. He's not going to be Usman. Okay. I mean, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. They're they're yeah. talking about uh, Colby. Col- Col- they're ta- talking about maybe Colby Covington now getting the shot instead of Leon Edwards. What do you think, Jason? Colby Covington is just is just trying to talk his way to a shot. I mean, yeah. the, the, even though it went long, Usman dominated Colby Covington. Dominated him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Usman broke the man's jaw. All right? I, I kind of see a repeat of that, of him breaking his jaw again. And also, too, I, I kind of have a different take on Nate Diaz's showboating. Okay. I think, I think personally, personally he, was he was trying, trying to, to do, do anything, anything in his, in his, in his in anything, anything possible to throw him off his game, game. throw right. Edward off his game. game. And the showboating was trying to make him do things that he's not used to doing. Try to get him off his focus because he was laser focused for most of that fight until that spot started not respecting his corner, not respecting what they had said. And also too. Diaz was that close, but with the accumulation of damage that Edwards would put on Diaz's body to that point, probably that was the determining factor why Diaz couldn't put him away. Yeah. Because there was that much damage to his legs. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Rounds that he just didn't have enough jam just to put him away. And that's what I think it was. Sure. Where do you think the UFC places Diaz next? Uh, is it Masvidal? Is it waiting for the uh, Connor fight? Uh, he could fight Connor for a third time. Uh, where do you think they they want to see him next? Whoever's going to make him the most amount of money. <laughs> I mean, Diaz is. I mean, I don't know. The guy should be fighting at one fifty five first off. I don't. I don't think he should be fighting at one seventy. Um, but. It's hard to say. I mean, he's just a money maker now. I don't think he's going to go anywhere, anywhere you, know, you know far i mean he can't yeah he'll be beat uh half, half the guys in 155 and most of the guys in 170 are just too big and too strong for him yeah it's amazing how he's uh you know he's still super relevant he's lost 13 fights and 
but people love him. Uh, they love him on the card. He makes big money. He only waits out for big fights, and um, he, you know, he's still moving the needle, as they say. Uh, another guy that didn't really listen to his corner pretty much throughout this fight was Marvin Vittori against Israel Adesanya. Um, Wasn't that completely fucked? Yeah, Rafael like, Cordero was, was yelling at him every round, between every round. He was like, hey, you're losing this fight. You got to do this. We got to do that. What's going on? And Victoria I don't know what was, was going on. He he thought he was winning, which is an absolute complete shock. Uh, what was what was wrong? Is it a weight cut issue? Is it just uh, something wrong in his head mentally? Well, what was wrong there? I don't know, man. I mean, he was getting beat up bad, and he was pushing forward. And but he but couldn't, couldn't land, land it. I mean, even the takedown he landed, he couldn't do anything. He had that one takedown attempt where he tried to get a rear naked choke, and that didn't last very long. And I think he just was so confident that he was moving forward and putting pressure on the guy that seemingly that he thought he was doing better than he than he really was. But I don't know why he wasn't listening to his corner because the corner was giving him good advice. And he didn't, he didn't check, check any of those leg kicks, too, which was insane. insane. I mean, you can't, can't stay at that, that distance. distance. He had to, had to go in, in. and you and, and I talked about this in advance. He had to, had to get, get inside, inside and take a few shots to, to do that, that or, or death by a million, million cuts, cuts is what you saw. Yeah. Jason. Yeah, definitely, man. Like, basically, basically Adesanya's whole thing was to keep distance and pick him apart for distance. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. I, I, I knew for the fact that the toy, his only chance to win in that damn fight was to get him to the ground and smother him like John did. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, he didn't have John's weight, which was another 40 pounds on top of Izzy's body. He doesn't right. have that. And then also Izzy learned from that fight that he could not accept the ground position. He could not just stay there on his flat on his back and just ride out the ground. Then they just do the weight round. Yeah. And he's and not going to give a word to this guy because he knows he's better than this guy. And so, at the end of the day, especially at the end of the fight, I just thought to myself, wow, this dude is extremely delusional. I don't know in what world, realm, or universe he thought that he won this fight because he clearly lost the fight. And I have no idea why he wasn't trying to do what his friend was asking him to do unless... Izzy was just as good that night, and he knew that he couldn't do anything. He couldn't do all the things that his corner was asking him to do. He just was incapable of doing it. He was argumentative with this corner. I don't know what was going through his head. I, I honestly don't. I didn't watch the post fight with him, so Darren, did he say anything in that? He, yeah, he said he thought he was winning. He was. Uh, he said, you know, his clinch work, you know, he was always dominating him. He said... You know, yeah, he hit me with a few kicks and, you know, a few punches, but nothing hurt me. And uh, so, you know. But... Izzy was spanking him. I haven't seen that since Randy Couture did that to Tito Ortiz. He was yeah. spanking him. He likes, like, literally. He, yeah, Edesanya really likes doing that. He likes humiliating his opponents. He was doing that to Paulo Costa at the end of the fight. He really likes just absolutely breaking them and making them think that they have absolutely no shot so don't even come back at me uh he just was so dominant i hate that the ufc only judges the reach advantage from your hands i wish they did it at the feet uh izzy had a six inch reach advantage 
with the hands, but he probably had a 10 one foot advantage uh, with the feet. He was just keeping on the outside, doing a perfect game plan, an absolute perfect game plan. And I thought, you know, we were going to see a pretty dominant performance, but nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, like I, I, thought, I thought I was going to see a uh, dominant performance by Izzy, but, but I also thought Vittori would be game and that he would actually have a game plan. plan. But then but once you watch the fight, you're just like, I guess he has no game plan. There's nothing here. Like, yes, when he did get him to the ground, but he couldn't even keep him. He didn't keep him there for very long at all. And so for me, that was more impressive to me because he clearly learned from his last fight that you can't just stay there. You can't, can't stay, stay there. Yeah. But, but also, too, it was easier for him to get up because, up again, you don't have an opponent that's like three pounds heavier than and keeping him on. So, yeah. hey, I give all the props to Izzy in the world. He did a great job in that fight. Yeah, I mean, he just proved that he's super superior to everybody in that division again. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard for anybody to come at him. He said he wants uh, Whitaker next. Um, you know, probably Whitaker's better than last time, so it's probably going to happen. Uh, Vittoria says he wants Costa next. They've had a bit of a verbal exchange over the last couple days. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you think Whitaker, uh, has done enough, uh, to get himself in a position to beat Adesanya? There's no, no one, one else, else to fight Adesanya, Adesanya, Adesanya right now. Right now. So, so, I mean, I mean it makes sense that it'd be Whitaker, Whitaker but, but I, I, I think, think Adesanya, Adesanya is just too fast. fast. Yeah. It's too fast, fast for him. Sure. I, I, I believe that Whitaker has deserves the next shot, for sure. And I am very interested to see what the game plan is that the team has come up for Adesanya. Because at least I know with confidence that that guy will have a game plan. And he will look at the corners. And he will try to implement his game plan. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to get to the next fight in a sec, but uh, it has been one year that this podcast uh, has been going. Uh, this past week is uh, the 52-week anniversary. Uh, you guys came on right at the beginning, and we've had so much fun with it. Uh, Jason and I have kept it up every week and had a really, really good time. I'm glad you're able to come back. Uh, you're You've been... In quarantine, basically, out of work, uh, being lazy. Uh, but I'm glad you could finally find some time to do this with us again, Scott. Well, yeah, well, yeah I mean, yeah, after, after I finished, finished uh, the last project, project I was working on about a month ago, I was uh, just, just relaxing and stuff like that. But now, now I'm, my, my kids, kids are all back, back to school now. So now, now I have uh, some spare time. Which nice. Is good. Oh, and, and, and you know, I've been listening to you t- talk to Jason for, for so long now. I mean, you need someone, you need a real expert in on MMA now. You know? <laughs> I see. I see. Oh, the the, uh, the shots have been fired already. Here we go. Hey, hey Scott, Scott, it's great to have you back, buddy. It really is. It's great to hear your voice again. Yeah, I know. You, uh, you hear me in your sleep, though, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, tell me how many times you've looked over at your wife and uh, considered taking her down and putting some jujitsu move on her since you haven't been to the gym in since over March. a year. Yeah, since March yeah. of 2020. Hey, so 
Do you look at your wife every once in a while and say, man, I could put her in an arm bar. I could give her a rear naked choke kind of thing. Uh, is it something that happens on a daily basis every few hours? She, or? she, she kicked my butt. She, she kicked my ass, man. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but- I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for things to open up again. You know, you know that uh, I think it was in like August or September or something. Jason said he wants to grapple with me when it when opens up. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that, Jason? Yeah, you, yeah, you know, know what? what? I don't. No, you, you don't remember that, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Jason, remember Jason's a, you know, a, uh, a, what a Taekwondo guy. So I, I found this footage that someone sent me of Jason in his last Taekwondo uh, tournament. Nice, nice. Wow. Good, good job, Jace. <laughs> hey, hey, my technique is exemplary. And I got to tell you, man, if it's on the feet, as you can see from that clip, Scott has no chance. <laughs> you were uh, you were you were sending me jujitsu jujitsu texts uh, that uh, night, and I I didn't catch the text until a bit later, and I asked you where it came from, and I think it was during the Paul Craig annihilation. Uh, uh, man, can you believe that the referee? Uh, allowed that to happen. Like I'm so g- glad that it wasn't a broken arm. It's supposedly just a dislocation, but that <laughs> was scary. What was the referee doing? I, the, he didn't actually get to a tap, but still, you see I that you got to stop I that fight. Again, I'm for sure the guy tapped when he first got in, and then he was all audibly yelling something, and uh, Craig was telling him that this guy felt the guy's arm go, and. I don't know, I don't man. know man. It, it, it was, was terrible. terrible. It, yeah. was it was brutal. And and, and you, you got to be careful and stuff like that because, I mean, guys can suffer injuries. Maybe, maybe not so much an arm bar, but especially like in like a leg lock or like that. Guys can have career-ending injuries if it doesn't get stopped in time. Yeah. Also, I wanted to say that the referee's positioning to like actually see what was going on, what was he doing? He should, he should have been, have been in the top position, position to see exactly what was going on with the dude's arm. Yeah. Out of position, or else he would have stopped that fight immediately. I, I, I was, was, I was not impressed with the, the professionalism that the ref showed in that particular fight. Wasn't very good at all. This fight was in Arizona, in Glendale, Arizona, and sometimes the local commissions like bringing in their local referees. He's a local ref in Arizona. His name is Al Guinea. Only seen him on those cards. Uh, he does local cards in Arizona, but UFC is a different animal. I think we should have the you know main guys that have been in there hundreds, if not thousands, of times. Uh, man, that definitely was brutal. His arm was flopping around like a fish for a really long time, and everybody in the whole entire arena and everybody on TV knew what was happening. But somehow the referee right in front of him doesn't see it. It's a it's a scary thing, and and this is no joke. Somebody's going to have some serious, massive injury, maybe even a death uh, over incompetence from a referee. Yeah, especially yeah, if it's like a, a choke, choke or something like that. I mean, like, can you imagine? Like, I always think of one of the most brutal chokes was that standing guillotine that John Jones did on Machida. Can you imagine if Herb Dean wasn't there to stop that? I mean, like, you know, I think it was Herb Dean at least. I. Uh, if I remember correctly, but you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge Herb Dean fan. I find that uh, he can be, you know, a bit off on some of the stopping some of the striking stuff. But Herb Dean knows when to stop jujitsu matches. I mean, he's the guy who stopped uh, 
Uh, Frank, Frank Mir when he uh, when he popped uh, Tim Sylvia. Tim Sylvia's arm, that's right. Right. He, and he and he didn't do it from a tap. He just did it from from watching the arm. You could see it. You could see it move and do that snapping yeah, yeah. motion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Paul Craig is no joke, man. Is that guy an amazing grappler? He is just phenomenal on the ground, and he likes going He's on a brown, his back. He was a brown belt. Really. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he won the. Uh, I know he won the uh, uh, Br- European or British Jiu-Jitsu tournament as a and was qualified for the Pan Ams or Abu Dhabi as a purple belt. So he's 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 well versed in the in the sport, and uh, I think they made him a black belt that night after watching him dislocate that guy's arm. <laughs> I guess that's but a good I mean, way to get a belt. Paul, I want to see Paul Craig fight someone in the top 15 top 10 at least because he to me is a real dark horse in that uh in that division yeah. i'd like to see him challenged a bit more yeah and uh, also just, i wanted to say yeah. uh just the slickness that he put that arm on him where it looked like he's gonna attack the other arm and then what was it, a split second later the arm bar on the opposite arm was put in cinched in and it was over like, like, just, just like, like that. that. It, was it was over in a, in a flash. flash. Like, like, that dude, that dude has, has probably some of the best ground skills in UFC. Yeah. Jamal Hill was the favorite going in. Uh, he was undefeated as a mixed martial artist, 8 0. Uh, really highly touted, has had some really great performances recently. But Paul Craig took that arm, decided, oh, this is not the arm I can get. This is the other arm I can get. And wham, uh, it was nasty. It was incredible. Uh, we we got it. We can't go any further without talking about the performance by Brandon Moreno. Uh, we saw a rematch between these two guys. That was basically the fight of the year last year, in my opinion. And then we see these guys have an opportunity to go at it again. Figueredo won that fight, if not losing a point uh, in the previous one, getting a draw. But this was a absolute dominating performance by Brandon Moreno. He has learned so much from that first fight and boom came in and and took it to him and dominated and is the first mexican champion in usc history uh it was really great goosebump moment make you feel emotional really great to see him get his lifelong dream reached and uh all of a sudden popularity in mexico is going to go through the roof this is a, a awesome win for him but was was, was he that, that good or was figueredo that bad, bad? Figueredo looked like shit. True. I don't know what the, 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 the I'm just being honest. I mean, he looked terrible. I've never seen that guy look so bad. I don't know if he had trouble with his weight cut. Oh, he's the guy was slow. He wasn't engaging. Usually, he's the guy goes first. Or I just he did not look like the same guy. Yeah. I mean, he did not look like the same guy that that uh, won that title and has been buzzsawing through that division. I think he's always had problems with weight cut, but I heard he was the last on the scale within, with the last very minute, uh, had to have, you know, everything off of him standing there. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be able to make that weight anymore. He's a phantom weight now. Yeah, he, he, uh, he looked, he didn't look good, but Moreno, but, but Moreno just took advantage and looked spectacular, I thought. I, I, I honestly, honestly, when, when he, he walked, walked into that, that octagon to me, I, I, I think you can tell he was ready for the moment. 
Yeah. He was ready to capitalize on the moment. He was ready to take what was his. And I maybe Figueroa even felt it when he was in the octagon because I. It's very rare to see your opponent bestow that much in defeat, which is what he did. Yeah. But it was a shutout. He shut him out, man. Yeah. There was, there was no, no point, point in that fight that Figueroa showed that he had a chance to win the fight. No, there was none. Was. Yeah. Was none. Uh, Jason, you and I are huge boxing fans, and we've seen so many Mexican champions over the years. It's been, you know, just a hotbed of incredible talent. And, you know, boxing is just one of the most uh, in- incredible sports in Mexico. Just these guys are so revered. Do you see Moreno... Just getting that type of popularity now, uh, having this belt? Yeah, yeah I, do. I do. Because, because he, has he has that, that Mexican, Mexican warrior, warrior spirit. spirit. It kind of reminds me of like Julio Cesar Chavez. Chavez. Nice. He's, he's, he's got, got that, that in him. him. Because, because let's be honest, honest, going back, back to that, to that first, first fight, fight with, with Figueredo, Figueredo bombs and Moreno was just like, is that it? Is that all you have? I'm just going to get it coming forward. That's just it. Like, like yeah. it would take a massive amount of skill and ultimate destruction to get that guy out of there. And even Guerrero didn't have that in him. He couldn't do that. I don't think he was going to be able to do that. Jason, come on, man. Like, I mean, the Figueredo looked terrible. Figueredo wasn't even setting anything up. He was just throwing haymakers because I, I, was, something was not right with that guy. Either the weight cut or something. I mean, I mean that, that guy, guy. That guy has had one loss yeah. his well, entire I, I, career, and he's been fighting, fighting like all the top guys. guys and he, he always, always comes out. And this is a guy, guy that throws, that throws guys, guys to the ground, ground chokes, chokes them out, out smits them, them, and knocks guys, guys out. out. Uh, he, he looked terrible. Well, even even if it wasn't, it wasn't because Moreno came in and like you know wooing him with his eyes. Come on, man. Well, Scott, Scott, though, even if it was a weight cut issue, issue, even if he he knows he has a weight cut issue, then why did he start his weight cut earlier? Like, this was one of those fights where he had to be prepared. And if he wasn't prepared, that's on him. I don't know. What do you weigh? How much do you weigh? You're in good shape. What do you weigh? 170. 170. You're walking around 170. So can you cut to 145? <laughs> no, man. No. Exactly. He shouldn't be fighting in that division. Yes. Absolutely. If he's, if so he can't, it doesn't matter when you start weight cutting. I mean, there's just got to a certain point where we have to start cutting off limbs to get to a certain to a certain weight. Man. Well, that's true. But then, then his team should be telling him we can't we can't fight at this weight category anymore. We got to go up because this is he did. He said after this fight, he's going to bantamweight. He okay. said that. Well, 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 he said he wanted to fight the, uh, the, the for the title of bantamweight after he won this fight. So, to me, that's a guy who just can't make the weight anymore. Just like Connor, yeah. When he won the title, he's like, I gotta get the hell out of here and get up to one fifty-five. Yeah. I wonder how many years it's going to be before we we see them uh, weigh in the day of the fight. Screw this uh, weight cutting thing because it's dangerous. We're not seeing uh, the best performances out of these people. They should be fighting at their natural weight. Uh, forget this weight cut. It, it's causing way too much problems. I, I think it caused a problem in both the two co-main event fights. And, you know, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing these guys almost kill themselves. 
and have so terrible performance because they're fighting at a weight that's just not suitable for their body. So, so which, which other, other fight, fight do you think was affected? Vittori. I think Vittori just didn't have the same kind of zip he could have had. I think he's too big. I think he's just, he's too big. He can't, he, he just looked zapped. He completely looked terrible. And I've never seen him look that bad. And I think he's just carrying way too much muscle to be able to get down and, and fight properly at that weight. Well, yeah, yeah I think he looked jacked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say, say um, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe too, too much muscle, muscle in his head because he clearly didn't hit his corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no that, was, that was incredible. Uh, you know, his corner, they, they're very brilliant guys. Uh, they were imploring him. They were telling him what to do, and he just completely ignored him. It was uh, scary, but, uh, you know, he didn't have any anything in his brain. He had zapped his brain. He had uh, tried to get down to that weight. I saw Paulo Costa have the same kind of performance. He's the same type of size. Uh, I just see it way too much. Almost every card I'm seeing guys that are just giving terrible performances because they're just too big anymore. Too big now to get back down to that weight that they always have been. Yeah, there's yeah, got to be a, a natural, natural progression, progression as guys, guys get, get older and get, 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 get tougher to cut weight or they, they can't, can't, they can't recover, recover as fast as the weight, weight cuts. cuts so. so. I mean, that's where you're, you're, you're seeing guys just slowly moving up, and, and that, that, that seems to be the natural uh, progression for a fighter, but I don't know. I mean, there gets to be a tipping point where there's no turning back, and I definitely think Figueredo's at that point. Um, you know, uh, Vittori's still young. I mean, he's not even 30. Yeah, he's 29. So uh, I don't know what happened there. I really don't. I, I thought... I thought Israel was going to win, but I thought Vittori was going to put a better performance in that. Yeah. Uh, okay, we witnessed probably the end of a UFC career on Saturday as well. Damian Maya uh, took a loss uh, against Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad? Uh, they kept saying it over and over. He's just doing the same thing. He's just doing the single leg, single leg, single leg. He's not progressing. What? Uh, why, why is a 43-year-old not able to adjust and adapt his game a little bit to get the takedown where he wanted the fight to go? Uh, amazing career, but uh, a really kind of a sad way to, to finish it. He's not, not a, wrestler, a wrestler, though. He, he never, never was. was. I mean, he's, he's an outstanding jiu-jitsu practitioner, but you've got to be able to get the guys to the ground before you can actually utilize your jiu-jitsu. So, I mean, he... It's, it's exhausting, exhausting to, to, to move from uh, a, a single, single to a double, double and vice versa, versa or whatever. It's, it's, it's exhausting. exhausting. And, and he's old. And to, to fight, fight a guy, a guy like Muhammad, who's, who's a, a great, great grappler as well as a good, great striker, I mean, it's, it's tough. He just, he just doesn't, doesn't have the, the gas, gas in the tank anymore. Yeah. And he can't, can't you teach an old dog new tricks. He's a guy who relied so much on jiu-jitsu for so long. You know, he's, he's got it. He almost should have let Muhammad take him down. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. But Muhammad was never going to go to the ground. No. Dangerous Mayan is on the ground. That's his world. He was never going to do that. And I give Muhammad all the credit in the world. Like his takedown defense is stellar. It was one of the best in the UFC. You see those guys' legs? They're like tree trunks, man. Like his balance and his stability on his legs was just. 
so so exemplary that night. And then also for me, I kept yelling at the TV. It's like, if you keep doing the same thing, it's not working. You're insane. Like start trying to your attacks. Start trying to run the fight and get a different angle so you can put him down to the ground. You've done like he's been doing MMA long enough. That, that he should, he should know, know these techniques, techniques. yet yeah. he did none of them. Not, Not one. one. He just did yeah. the same yeah. thing over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Then uh, on the prelim card, we had fight of the night. Uh, Brad Riddell, uh, Drew Dober, a uh, heck of a fight. Uh, I had a chance to hang out a little bit with Drew Dober last time UFC was here in Vancouver. I always um, thought that he had a, a lot to offer, and I thought he was going to move up the ranks. Uh, he looked phenomenal early on, but Riddell just ended up overpowering him. That city kickboxing from New Zealand had two you know, incredible fighters. They just keep pumping out these great guys, and uh, that was one hell of a fight. Uh, these guys are two really good warriors, and I'm glad that uh, they got fight of the night. City, City kickboxing, kickboxing they, that's, that's a, a, the, probably, probably the, the, the best, best club, club right now. now. I mean, they remind me of the, the older, uh, like five, six years ago, AKA out of San Jose, where they had all those, uh, you know, they had Khabib and DC and, uh, King Velasquez and, yeah, they had everybody. So, I mean, City kickboxing kind of feels like a mini version of that, but those guys are just awesome. And, what was, was great is that he uh, fought. A, he fought conventional, and he was fighting a southpaw. And, and you notice they never jab. He, he always uh, led with his right hand. And for some reason, uh, Drew Dober just couldn't make the adjustments to to handle that that right. Yeah. And the leg kicks too were phenomenal. True. Yeah. And, and, and the MMA is now so much has to do with leg kicks. Yeah, sure has become yeah. Jason. And I thought that. Riddell's like, like uh, his, his just his, his attacks attack were just more diverse, diverse than, than uh, the attacks. Like, like even, even when he was in the clinch and just in close, he threw some elbows in there too, just to change it up. And, and uh, the, other the other thing that I noticed was that Dover never usually got his head off the center line. There was not a lot of head movement there, so his head was there to be hit. And I think he depended on that rock ran his chin of his a little too much because finally in the third. It got, got to him, and he got, he got shook, shook up, up real bad. bad. Yeah. And then that's well, when Riddell took it to him. You're right, because Riddell, when he is, uh, Dober's got his guard up high, Riddell started working the body, which not enough guys do. And that's something that Vittori probably should have done, too, if he couldn't hit uh, Israel up high. But, I mean, he started working in the body and dropping the Dober's guard and then opening up for that right. Yeah. And then there's, there's also, also got to be something to be said. Whenever, whenever a fighter gets into the octagon and they have some, like something more pushing them for a win. And since uh, both him and Izzy lost a friend that was part of the gym, and I think that pushed them both, especially Brad Riddell. Like, he, even, he even said that in a, in a post-fight interview that he was never going to lose the fight because he was never going to allow himself to lose the fight. And when you when have you something have that, that, that powerful pushing you, and then, then that usually will give you an ultimate edge over your opponent. Like, like he, he would have, have to come to something spectacular. Yeah, it was incredible to hear that uh, a friend, a training partner of theirs had been murdered a couple weeks ago, and they were both uh, dedicating the fight to him. They both mentioned him in their post-fight 
uh, remarks. And um, yeah, it must have been really tough to go through that. A guy that you go through wars with. Scott, just imagine if, um, you know, you heard the news that one of your grappling partners uh, was murdered. Uh, it's got to shake, shake you up. And, and uh, but yeah, incredible performances from both guys to dedicate it to their friend. Like, like I, I said, that, that gym, gym is just, just so good. good. Um, you know, obviously, obviously having a motivation, motivation to, to, to fight, fight their, their, their friend, friend uh, would be huge, too. But, but uh, I, I, I just can't, can't believe Riddell was, was, that, was the underdog going into that fight. Because, like I said, everybody, everybody coming out of that, that, that camp, camp is, uh, is phenomenal. I mean, look at some of the guys they have. They got Kai Kerr Front. They got Alexander Volkanovsky. They've got the big... Boxing fans, Junior, Junior Fox comes, comes out of uh, City, City Kickboxing in New Zealand. I mean, they, Dan, Dan Hooker. I mean, they uh, they have just a list of murderers coming out of that place. So, it's amazing, yeah. you know, you, you put know, a motivation like, like that behind a guy, too, of fighting, fighting for their friend that was uh, killed. killed. You know, <laughs> they're, they're going to be uh, pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. I, I had a podcast guest a few months back, and um, he told an incredible story about a fighter called The Dentist. And he, yeah, it's all, <laughs> yeah, Jeff Mazeros, and 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 uh, he told this story about this how this guy got this name, the dentist. He was kicking the teeth out of guys' faces at the bar. They were just coming there saying, "Anybody want to challenge me?" And it's a hilarious, hilarious story. One of my favorite stories on any podcast I've done. Uh, if we have hasn't seen that. They should go back and watch that podcast. I yeah. go back and watch it every once in a while. It's for a good laugh. Yeah, Jason, watch it. Any of the viewers and listeners, uh, watch our podcast, Jeff Mazeros. Uh, hilarious story. Well, we had a dentist also on this card and on the prelim card, Eric Andrews against Darren Stewart. Uh, this wasn't as great of a fight as I expected it to be. This was another rematch. Uh, I thought they would come out to guns a blazing and. Uh, it wasn't that way, but uh, what did you still think about this performance? Jason. Okay. okay. Um, um, basically, basically uh, I, I didn't I like this fight. fight. I didn't like this fight at all. Like, I, I was expecting, like, fireworks. Yeah. I really was. I, I was expecting something explosive to happen. But Andrew did what he needed to do in the fight. Like, like, like the way this fight kind of reminded me, reminded me of that Benitez fight that we just saw a couple of UFCs back. Okay. He held him up against the fence, and then he held him up against the cage. And then he held him up against the cage. Like, there's nothing really happened in the fight, man. And I was expecting more than just that. I was just expecting more than that, and I... I was disappointed. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing much to say about it. I mean, there was unfortunately a lot of long, drawn out fights in this card. Um, but there was also some, some fun ones, too. Like, uh, I enjoyed the Chase Hooper, Stephen Peterson fight also. I mean, yeah, for one that went to, uh, went to a decision. But. Yeah. Uh, I still feel like. Chase Hooper um, came into the UFC a little too young. He just doesn't seem like he uh, can fight guys that, you know, have a lot more muscle, a lot, uh, I don't know, just a lot crisper game. I just think uh, he's just a little too young. I think he needs a lot, lot more seasoning before uh, we're going to see, you know, the really true great MMA fighter come out of him. 
Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's lost two losses now. I think he lost to Alex Saris also. Um, and, and that Peter Barrett fight, uh, I think he was losing that fight until he was able to get a heel hook at the very last minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, everyone's just uh, had so much praise about him when he, he knocked, knocked out David Tamer, right? And mm-hmm. after that, his stock just rose huge. But I don't know. I mean, I still like the kid. I think the kid's got a lot of a lot of personality. He's fun to watch. And, and the, the great thing about him, he kind of reminds me of a... I'm not trying to make comparisons comparison to their personalities, but in a Diaz kind of way, he's not going to quit. That kid, kid he is never going to give up, and that's, that's what I like about him. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, Scott's, Scott's exactly, exactly right. right. He's got a lot of dog in him. Like, like that, that guy, guy he's a dog. He's a dog, dog in there. there. I think I he needs to get more fights under his belt, get more of that uh, experience, get, get some more of that maturity. And as he grows, obviously he's going to get better. The uh, women's flyweight fight between Lauren Murphy and JoJo Calderwood. Uh, they talked about it being a sort of a title eliminator fight. Uh, JoJo was favored in this. I, I was surprised by that. I thought Lauren should have been uh, the favorite. Uh, Lauren was great, uh, quite the warrior. Uh, looks like she'll probably be up next against uh, Shevchenko, another sort of lamb to the slaughter. But, uh, you know, uh, I guess... Did she deserve, does she deserve the next title shot? Well, well I don't know. I, 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 it doesn't it matter. matter. Yeah, okay. To me, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Like, whoever you throw at Shevchenko, Shevchenko is just going to swallow him up, beat him up, and spit him out. Like, yeah. I, I don't even I don't know if she's going to allow that travel against Shevchenko. To be honest with you. Yeah. Like, seriously. True. Yeah, that's right. That's the way it is right now in the in the women's divisions. Uh, yeah, two two dominant well, champions. Well, not in one fifteen. Yeah, well, two t- a, very dominant champions, obviously. In the two, yeah. yeah. I mean, in the one hundred fifteen pound division, like I mean, you got Rose, you got you got JJ, you got a few a few fighters that are uh, fun and exciting to watch. And true, but yeah, with the, with Nunes and I mean, Nunes is the fight for Shaco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that I, would be the third, third fight, fight going up between those, those two because, because those are the only two that can challenge each other right now. It's Nunez versus Shanko, and you can't just keep putting them together. I had Shanko and Shanko winning the first fight myself. Me too, me too. Totally agree with you on that. Yeah, I think I've heard both of you mention that before. We had a Canadian on the card, Hakeem. Dawadu. Um, I thought you were going to say Alexis Davis for a second. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Hakeem, um, I think he has tons of potential, but they keep putting him in against some really super tough opponents. Uh, he just felt like he was overmatched in this one. Uh, I, I wish the matchmakers would give him a, a little bit better of a break and, and allow him to get some confidence, allow him to get some victories and, and move up the ranks a bit more. Evelyn is an example. Like, he is a top-notch wrestler, and he showed it. And he showed it. Yep. Like, obviously, that's something that Dawoodoo needs to work on is that wrestling. But like, he fought like one of the best in that position. Like, he was utterly dominant. He didn't even stand a chance. There was nothing he could do to traverse his position or anything. Like the guy effortlessly took his back. 
all the time. Yeah. It was over and over again. Yeah, just another Russian example of um, how superior they can become on the ground. Just amazing. But, you know, David Dewey's had five wins in a row. I mean, against, you know, I mean, a couple of them were, I think three out of the five were split decisions. I don't know. I mean, he's, he, he got to shit to get the pot. You got to move up and move out. Man. Like, so. Yeah. Uh, Another fight that moved the needle was uh, the seven-second knockout of Terrence McKinney over Matt Frivola. Uh, he injured himself uh, celebrating, which is uh, really tough to, to see a guy uh, that get that excited and then blow out his knee. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but um, man, what a performance. Uh, come in and just threw two shots, KO'd him, uh, and then started jumping around like a fool, but... Uh, what do you guys think of that one, Jason? It, you know, it was a one-two. One two. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bam, and it was over. And and honestly, I thought he would do more like a uh, what was more impressive, Johnny Walker, where he tried to do the worm and then just hit his shoulder or something like that. Your shoulder up. You should have done something like that. That would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was too bad, man. Uh, it sucks when a guy is gonna get injured celebrating. It's just too hard to know what was going on there. I mean, it, like I said, it's a, he hit him with a one-two and straight up the middle. I don't know. I don't know. Frivola uh, didn't move at all. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't have much of a chance. Uh, he was a late replacement. That was his UFC debut. Uh, Frank Camacho was originally supposed to fight for Vola and was involved in a car accident, uh, wasn't able to um, uh, enter this uh, fight. Um, but uh, really great. We've seen a ton of UFC debuts in this past year since the pandemic hit. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys come in, guns a-blazing, do spectacular performances, not back it up. Uh, do you, did we see enough to know if he's going to be able to back this up? Personally, no. It, like, it, it, it was too fast. Like, you know, like, like it's a one-two, one, two, and then he goes, I win. I can't gauge how good he is after seven seconds. Do you think Herzog should have stopped that fight that early? Yeah, yeah it was a good stop. Yeah. I think, I think so, too. Okay. I, di I didn't. But now, you don't, you don't think, think so? so? No, I think he could have given him some more opportunity. Uh, I don't think he was... Completely out. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that first shot really rocked him, but, um, you know, but I, I think he should have given him a little more opportunity. Well, you know what, Darren? I, I forgot that you really like the blood. You really like that. You really like to see him be finished. No, no, it's done. I, 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 I think Frivola had a, had a chance there. Uh, I think it was, yeah, much too quick of a stoppage. Maybe. I, I think the... When he, when he stood, stood back, back up, up though, he, he almost fell down, down again. So. Uh, At first, I thought it was a bit quick, but when he stood back up, he was, he was a bit wobbled. wobbled. Okay. Uh, opening the fight, uh, we see Carlos Felipe, Jake Collier. Uh, Collier has been moving up, moving up, moving up, moving up. Um, I don't know why he's decided he wants to be a heavyweight, but uh, he he used to fight at uh, 185. He's uh, moving right up to these big boys. Uh, both guys looked soft around the middle, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if this is a, a good move on Collier's part. 
Go ahead. I, well, he, I, don't I don't think he can get any lighter. lighter. I mean, he, he, he had to cut weight to make that. Crazy. Didn't he? Because he didn't weigh in like, like 264 and a half or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Did he really did? Yeah. 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 His fight, fight before that, he came in at 265. Uh, huge crowd there at the arena. Great to see. Uh, you know, Jason and I have had went back and forth quite a bit in the last little while, saying, you know, it's kind of scary during this COVID time to see this many fans. But uh, there was a ton of famous people there, lots of UFC fighters, a really good crowd. Uh, I think the crowd really has shown us that it's super exciting and it just adds so much when a crowd's there. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize, realize how much I missed the crowd. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me too. too. Like, like, like when you when, when the, the crowd, crowd is there, it's, it's infectious. infectious. You can you feel, feel that, that energy. energy. You, you can, can even feel it sometimes coming through the screen at you. Like it, it's, it's it's needed. It's, it's wanted. wanted. I just want to make sure that people like you know the powers that be doing it in a safe way. Yeah, just ensuring people's safety. You know, like that's the only reason why I look at these crowds and I think to myself, is it too soon, too too fast? Yeah, and that's, and that's going, going across, across all four leagues, leagues in, in, in the United, United States. States. Totally. You know? Yeah. Uh, Chris Weidman is already back sparring seven weeks after horrifically breaking his leg. Uh, were you surprised? Did you hear that news? I heard it. Uh, I was quite shocked by that. I didn't hear it. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah, he's back. Uh, they, they sent out some footage of him. Doing some sparring uh, back in the gym. Uh, man, uh, it's such a horrific break, broken leg. You think that the guy's going to be out uh, months and months and months and months. But uh, to be back that soon sparring, uh, I was really surprised. You know what that means? That, that means that that break that he had in his leg must have been a clean break. It was not, no, not nothing uh, complicated like a spiral break or anything else like that. It was just a clean break. Hopefully. I think that's the only way that he get back into the gym as quickly as he did. Yeah. Uh, there, was a, there was difficulty roughing, I thought, uh, on this card, but there was also quite a bit of difficulty uh, making decisions with the judging. We saw some many split decisions. A lot of times it was a long, long time after the fight before Bruce Buffer could uh, make the announcement because the cards were so late in coming to him. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, we really have to, you know, start looking at completely changing this, getting, a, you know, better judges, guys that know what they're doing. And, and uh, you know, the sport keeps getting harmed when these judges really don't understand what they're doing. I can't believe when I'm seeing 30-27 on one side and 30-27 on another uh you know, how, how is this happening so often now? They're, They're boxing, boxing guys, guys, aren't they? Mostly, yeah. 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 That's, 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 that's one, one of the problems. problems. That's one of the main problems. problems. You got, you got these, these judges that have, have been judging, judging in a different sport, sport that's, that's not, not MMA. MMA. Yeah. They're not They're MMA specific. Yeah. And, and even, even, even looking at that with the way that the judges are, that they're coming from another sport judge in MMA, I don't, I don't know, know even, like, like the, the point system, system that, that we use now is correct. Yeah. Could that, that not, not be improved upon as well? well? Sure. You know, you know because, because, again, again you're using the point system used for boxing, boxing and we're trying, we're trying to use it for MMA. MMA. Maybe yeah. that, that actually needs to change as well. It's hard to say, though. I mean, the point system doesn't bother me as much as the fact that it's probably more 
guys don't know what's going on, especially on the ground. I mean, if you look at the fans, people were spending money to go see this or booing when there's some grappling going on. And, and yeah. if you actually know what's going on, it's, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, but, 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 but Scott, you got to remember, these are Americans. Like if I'm not seeing blood in the first three seconds, boo! <laughs> well, or they're strikers like you. <laughs> yeah, lots of striking fans out there, that's for sure. Uh, today was the DC and Helwani's last podcast from ESPN. Uh, Era Helwani has decided to uh, part ways with ESPN, couldn't come up uh, with a new contract uh, in their negotiation. Uh, one of my favorite shows, a, a show that I don't miss every week, DC and Helwani. Uh, they were they just celebrated their year doing it. Uh, kind of sad to see that he's left. Hopefully, wherever he goes next, they can reunite and he can get back with Chael Son in DC and do these podcasts again because uh, they've entertained me a ton. I'm, I'm curious, curious on what, what happened, happened, happened in the contract, contract negotiations with him and ESPN. ESPN. I was, I was wondering, wondering if he overvalued himself, and ESPN was definitely not willing to pay him because he's one of the best doing that job. Yeah. So I, I don't think he – personally, I wouldn't think that he overvalued himself. I think they tried to undervalue him, and then he just wouldn't accept the contract. Scott? I could take a leave there, Helani. Okay. All right. He's one of my favorite guys. Uh, Canadian originally, lives down in Jersey now. Uh, I think he's done really great for MMA. Ten-time MMA Journalist of the Year, voted on by the fans. And, uh, yeah, him that DC and Helwani show is just, uh, to me, can't miss TV. They, uh, they've they had such a great uh, run with that. Uh, it was so good over the pandemic. And being home, I, I definitely make it a must-watch thing. Um, I think he's going to get some really big contract offers from other networks, so... In the coming weeks, I think we'll hear a big announcement coming. I hope so. Yeah. I like I, I do appreciate his analysis. I do I do appreciate his takes, and I think he's really good. Yeah. What he does. Uh, let's just talk about next Saturday's card briefly. I know Scott, you said you probably have to go about two thirty, so we're running out of time. Uh, the Korean Zombie against Dan EJ. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Uh, are you looking forward to this one? Um. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Any time the Green Zombies is fighting, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. But yeah, is he on this next card? Yeah, this is the main event uh, coming oh, up. I'm thinking 264. Sorry. Sorry, I was thinking. Yeah, it's yeah. coming up yeah, next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. so next, next week, Dan Ige, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Jason? I'm looking forward to the fight. Um, I always love watching Korean Zombie because he always brings it. And he, and he walks, walks forward, forward like a zombie. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about the rest of the card? Um, anything standing out to you guys? Uh, anything that you want to? Any guys that oh, you want to mention? Alexi Olenek is fighting. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean that guy. I mean, I mean he's about seventy years old now. But other than that, he's so. I mean, if anyone who knows uh, grappling and jiu-jitsu and stuff like that, he's awesome to watch. I and mean, he's a guy that will. Pull, pull someone, someone like onto him, him in order to get like, like a, a, a Ezekiel choke and stuff like that. I mean, he's, he's awesome, awesome and fun to watch. So, so I'm hoping that, that uh, you know, he's he a good turnout, turnout you know, because I think he deserves, he deserves a, a, ton a ton of respect. respect. Yeah. 
I think they said that um, he's him and Damian Maya were the two oldest ranked fighters in the UFC. Uh, so Maya stepping aside. I think Dana said that that'll be uh, Damian's last fight. Uh, we'll see if uh, Lenik has a good performance, uh, or uh, if not, maybe this will be his last one too. Yeah, I mean he's lost two in a row, um, and I think he's lost like four out of his last six. So I mean he's. He's at the end of his career, but he's so much fun to watch. I mean, if he can actually get, if he gets his hands on you, uh, it's all over. But he's like he's like a boa constrictor. But um, yeah, I would imagine that this he'll he'll fight out his contract and that'll be it. I mean, how old is he? I mean, he's got to be at least 43, 44. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, 59, 15, and one uh, incredible <laughs> length of career, and and uh, yeah, he's just a. Boa Constrictor gets a hold of a guy and, uh, yeah, just takes a limb and doesn't let go. Uh, yeah, he's had a hell of a career, but, yeah, I think this probably could be, uh, you know, second week in a row we see a retirement fight. Yeah, probably yeah, it's going to happen, happen like, like that. that. But, but the, the fight, fight that, that I'm looking forward to would be the fight at the start of the main part. part. I, I, I took too well to remember it. it. I, I had to I look it up. up. It's the Matt, Matt Brown deal that we I think that has the capabilities to be like fighting. I think that would be a very, very good fight. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned 264. Uh, How much are you looking forward to the uh, trilogy fight between Connor and Poirier, Scott? You know, I don't know. I think think it'll be a rinse and repeat of fight two. two. Um, I think uh, Poirier's way ahead of Connor. Yeah, I I think, I think Connor, Connor lost, lost something, something once he got his hundred million dollars. I I don't I I just don't feel that he's as hungry as he once was. Sure, because he's accomplished everything that he wanted to do within his career. Two uh, like uh, two uh, champion both times in two different weight divisions, champ champ, and then also he set up financially for not just himself but his. His, his kids, kids and his, his kids, kids, kids. Yeah. And possibly his kids, kids. So, like, you know, he did it. Yeah. Let me ask you, has Connor won a fight at 155 other than that one title fight he had? I don't think so. Wasn't Eddie Alvarez at 155? Yeah, that's the one. That was his first fight in 155. I don't think he won another fight at 155. He's jumped around so much in his career. Yeah, he hasn't fought you know, much in that weight division. But uh, just be, before we send you on your way, Scott, um, George St. Pierre has come out with a, a lot of information about his career. He uh, divulged a lot of his numbers. They unveiled a statue in Montreal uh, on him. Uh, what are your favorite memories of George St. Pierre and his career and uh, everything that he brought to the sport? Uh, I don't know. For me, I mean, there's, there's so many great memories, but I, I think one of my most favorite was the, I think you and I were together when he when he choked out Bisping. I mean, it just for a guy to come back after two years off and to fight at a division you know heavier than he's used to and and have such a dominant performance, it's just awesome to see. I think it was more like four years off, not two years. Or maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think he was gone for that. But, yeah, I mean, to me, that's definitely one of the biggest highlights of his career for sure. 
Yeah, and yeah, also, too, like, like going, going back, back to that, that Bisping fight, fight. I'll, I'll never forget the look that Bisping gave George GSP once he stepped into the octagon with him. And it was a look of, I don't have a weight advantage anymore. As big as me, possibly bigger. Yeah. I, might, I might be in trouble. <laughs> and it wasn't just defense, defense. You remember those tri star guys were really uh, very defensive oriented for a while. GSP early in his career was knocking guys out, choking guys out. And then super aggressive, yeah. And then he would just kind of move to this, you know, slower pace, kind of dragging things out of it. But I think that's because he was almost. Like, wasn't as excited about the sport anymore. When he came back, he's disping. He looked like he had a fire that I hadn't seen in a long time, which is fun to see. Yeah. Uh, I recommend you and many others going on to MMAJunkie.com. Uh, fantastic article. They uh, really go in-depth with George and his whole career. He talks about how much money he made in the early stages, how much money he started making once he got the title and was moving into bigger and bigger cards. Uh, it's a really great read and just really uh, goes more in depth than anything I've ever seen from George. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Okay, it's 2.30. Uh, we're going to send you on your way. Have a great afternoon and uh, keep in touch. Let's do this again soon. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having me. me. Okay, See you later, later, guys. Okay, See ya. See ya, man. Bye for now. Bye. Okay, that was awesome. Uh, super happy that he could join us. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to get him to do a podcast, but uh, he's been so busy. Three kids got the you know responsibilities. He once he left work had the you know uh, ability to be home. All of a sudden, his honey do list went, <laughs> and he had a huge amount of stuff he had to take care of. Uh, the kids were being homeschooled for the past uh, over a year, and uh, I think they they finally decided to get them back into classes so um yeah it gives him an opportunity to come and do this and uh yeah how was that as a surprise it was a good surprise it, it, it was good it was good to see him it was good to see that you know he hasn't changed still took pot shots when he can all the time yeah you know, got smart mouth but that's okay it's okay yeah. i i thought it could get worse so it wasn't as bad as i expected it possibly could be uh yeah he he really likes uh taking the you know what, other people. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was shots fired, but, uh, yeah, it could have been worse, don't you think? Well, of course it could have been worse because I could have made it worse. But, you know, since I'm like, you know, I'm a sportsman. You know, like I, I got I got, uh, I got some grace to me. So I, I let him have his moment. That nice. me being, you know, nice. Good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Next time, look out, Scott. Uh, come on again. <laughs> You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we can get some footage of a, a grappling match if that ever does take place. Uh, uh, a lot of guys um, have told me that uh, that I know from his gym that uh, yeah they they submit him and uh, get him into trouble all the time. <laughs> I think he freely admits that too. So uh, you being in incredible shape as you are, Jason, uh, I think um, you know my, it's even money. I don't know. Uh, you know he's got the experience, but I think you got the uh, health. Uh, he's a little, uh, I don't know. I, 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 put, I might put my money on you. So, uh, let's make it happen. Here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I, I've actually rolled around before and I've done that. I know in my tank, as it is right now, I got a good 120 seconds. After that, 
Okay. I'm done. All right. <laughs> So I got so, so I got to put the over under at two minutes and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, put some bets down on that and and uh, yeah, let's try to have it on a podcast. We'll uh, we'll show some footage. I'll uh, bring my video camera to the gym there and we'll we'll, uh, we'll see if you can get him out in two, in two minutes. If not, uh, I'll send him my I'll, I'll I'll change my bets and start betting <laughs> <him> on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah uh oh, yeah. two minutes. Like okay. Uh, who wants to take a bet on Scott now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah get the odds in before that two minutes, man. Do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he likes challenging guys. He likes calling out people. He always calls out uh, a lot of people that I know, and uh, not too many people take him on. So uh, yeah. we'll we'll see them. Maybe that'll happen. He hasn't been to the gym in a really long time. I know he's chomping at the bit. So uh, hopefully the restrictions get lifted and he feels comfortable enough to do that okay uh we started off the podcast we uh, had those technical glitches in the beginning uh i expected we were going to talk about the nba for about half an hour and then get scott on at the end of the podcast uh but we didn't uh i initially talked about uh renata and uh how she was hey look at our serbians how they're doing uh she was really excited about nikola jokic uh, both these guys are the Joker, uh, Djokovic and Jokic, uh, both nicknamed the Joker, uh, best in their sport right now. Uh, we talked about him a week ago being the, uh, the lowest draft pick to ever win the MVP at 41, had a fantastic year and, uh, really deserved that MVP. Uh, really excited to see a Serbian get in there and, and do this. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on seeing him? finally get get his recognition and get his MVP award. It, 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 was, it was warranted and it was due. Yeah. Like the man has gotten better every single year that he's been in the league. And to the point where you can now, I, I think I can confidently say he's, he's not just one of the best centers in the league. He's one of the best passers that we may have ever seen. Yeah. Like, like everything, like his passing, passing is just so ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's he's, he's, he's a, a center, center that has point guard passing skills, skills. And, yeah. and not, not just any point guard. Like, like I mean, the best, best, best point guard that's ever played the game passing skill. Yeah, like exactly, he, yeah. he is absolutely amazing, and especially with the fact that his running mate Jamal Murray got injured, and he put the team on his back. To get them to the playoffs, and they, and got, they got past the first round. You know, like that—that that, that to me just tells me everything I need to know about that man. He's well deserving reward, and the first center since Shaq in 2000, I believe, to win the MVP award. And that's just incredible. He did it. He picked 41. 41. Yeah. Yeah, Denver, uh, really great to have him. And I want to talk about him, especially I want to talk about his temper on the weekend. Uh, reared its ugly head uh, to see him lose his temper a little bit. Uh, yeah, it had ramifications. But uh, I, I do want to talk about Djokovic. I watched him this week, uh, this past couple weeks in the French Open. And he came up against Rafael, Rafael Nadal, the king of clay. Rafael has 13 titles at Roland Garros, and uh, Djokovic was able to beat him in the semifinal 
and go against a Greek competitor, Stefano Tsitsipas, in the final. Uh, mm -hmm. He was down two sets for the second time in the tournament, and he roared back and won the next three sets. He won his 19th Grand Slam. He is only one Grand Slam behind Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. Uh, once he gets that 20, nobody, nobody's going to be able to say that he's not the greatest of all time. And it's just incredible to see his meteoric rise and being able to stay at the top, being able to be number one and beating the best of the best tournament after tournament. Uh, great for Serbia and great for Djokovic and all his fans. And uh, it was really cool to see this weekend Serbia being represented so well. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was it's, it's very, very cool. cool, very cool, cool. and he and he is just, just an exceptional human, human being as well. well. Uh, Djokovic, yeah. he really he is. is, and just the, the rise and like the, the, the wars that he's, that he's had, had that he's that gifted, gifted us as fans to watch, to watch on TV. It's just, just been, been awesome. awesome. Been yeah. awesome. It's been awesome to see. And once he ties that record and then surpasses it, is there any doubt on? in this modern-day era. There's going to be some arguments from some of the fans of those other two guys, but, uh, yeah, if you look at the records and you look at, you know, head-to-head -head and, and all the Masters he's won and all the other things, uh, yeah, I just don't think you can dispute it once he gets that 20, and I don't think he's going to stop at 20. I think he's, you know, in line for many more. Uh, Federer's 38 years old now, Nadal's 35, and Djokovic is 34, so he's got that age advantage. And uh, he, he's just playing at the top of his game right now and, and still winning uh, all the time. It's uh, it's really fun to watch. I had a, a blast this week watching tennis and watching him uh, surge to another title. Uh, I want to give throw some Serbian facts out there uh, also outside of these two guys. Uh, Serbia has uh, just phenomenal food. I've been to Serbian restaurants and just love it. Uh, really famous for their brandy and great drinks. Uh, they have a phenomenal music festival there called the Exit Music Festival. I've always heard incredible things, seen a lot of footage from there. Uh, Nikola Tesla is a Serbian. He has a, a fantastic museum in Belgrade that I've been told that it's a, a can't-miss thing if you ever go there. Uh, 16 of the original Roman emperors were born in Serbia, and uh, they have incredible food as i mentioned uh they have also raspberries there 95 percent of the raspberries eaten in the world are grown in serbia and so every time you eat some raspberries remember where they're coming from a great country there uh they've been embroiled in a lot of controversy a lot of tough things over the years but it's great to see some amazing athletes emerge from there and really put a great light on that country yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely absolutely and uh, yeah. most, most of serbians, serbians should be rejoicing at this point in time that they have two ridiculously great sportsmen uh in the respective sports doing what they do to the highest ability yeah exactly so okay uh let's talk a little bit more about the nba and uh jokic uh ended up getting a little bit angry uh, frustrated, probably no doubt, being down three games to nothing to the Phoenix Suns. And uh, he had a hard foul. He just wanted to go in there and knock the ball out of the uh, guard's hand. 
uh, came down a little bit on the, his nose. Uh, they kicked him out. Uh, I think it was way too harsh of a punishment. I didn't think it deserved a, a flagrant two and an ejection, but that pretty much put the nail in the coffin and Phoenix was able to get the four-game sweep and move on. Uh, sad to see him have to leave after such a great season and, and get kicked out of his last game. It was, it was sad, sad to, to see, see but I understand, understand why the refs did what they did. did. At, At least you could say this. this. They've been, they've been very, very consistent in the way that they've been calling the fouls in the flagrant two. Right. And the and way that they looked at that one was follow through with the hit and with the, the intention. Right. Like they, they, they felt, felt it was not a basketball move. Sure. It was not a needed basketball move. And right. Payne was on the ground for a long time. Yeah. The Joker's credit, because he's still a good man, he did apologize to him until he left the court. Went over. Exactly. Good. Good. Yeah. But once he left, there, there went, went there went nugget chance of winning that game. Once he was gone, that was it. We're gone because Devin Booker and Chris Paul said, "Well, I guess that's that." That's and especially Chris Paul said, "That's literally a wrap." Because I'm never going to miss my mid-range jumper. I, I, the way that he perfected that part of the game is just, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Because, because if you look back to the last four games, in the, in the third, third quarter, quarter he, he missed, missed one shot. Wow. Out of, out of all of those games. Wow. One, one shot. shot. <laughs> and then and for three of the games, I don't know about the last game, but for three, the first three games, 33 assists to three turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Crowd it, like, like, he, yeah. He played perfect basketball. Perfect. perfect. Yeah, it was uh, phenomenal. Just a, a masterful performance from a veteran. You know, one considered maybe one of the greatest point guards of all time. He had, uh, uh, you know, that that mid range jumper has left the NBA in many, many, many teams. A lot of guys aren't attempting it anymore. Uh, but he finds a little pocket and just deadly from there. He's just lethal. And for him to get thirty seven points in the closeout game. It was the most incredible performance. It was the most points ever in a series-clinching playoff win for anybody that's age 36 or older. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the only guy that's even close, and he had 32 points at age 40 and 29 at age 38. Paul just uh, took it to another level. Uh, even with a shoulder injury that was really hampering him early on, uh, he was still was so accurate with his passing so able to get everybody else involved and to be able to score 37-2. Uh, just a masterful performance. So, uh, one of the, the things that I will remember for years and years and years just to see him perform and take Phoenix to a level that we haven't seen in a really, really long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like the last, the last time, time we saw Phoenix being this good with Charles, Charles Barkley was there. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, and that was a long, long, long time, time ago. ago. And, and with, with now, now that... that how about, How about this? this? Let me start with this. The, the meteoric rise of the punch, where they were last year at the bottom of the, of the West, to now going to the Western Conference Finals in a year, is utterly amazing. And the story on Chris Paul could have been, the narrative could have been so different if he hadn't uh, recovered from that injury the way that it did. Because we've seen him get injured in the playoffs. And then, and then he's, he's, he's done, done, and then all of a sudden his chances, chances are gone. gone. The yeah. one being uh, the most 
the, the, one, the one that we all know of when he's with the Rockets. Right. And he had that hand injury. Yeah. And so, and so now, now he, he, he recovered, recovered from that shoulder injury and gave a lot of credit, credit obviously, to the Phoenix Suns medical staff. Mm-hmm. They managed to work some voodoo and they got him back into yeah. playing shape where he's now, he doesn't even look like he ever got hurt. Yeah. And, and also, too, they swept him. Now he now gets he a week to recover. One whole week, yeah. Treatment, all of it for yeah. that 36-year-old body so that he can be the best, the height of his power once to go into the Western Conference. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to yeah. see what he does next because it's almost as if it was kind of preordained. I'm, I'm going to say right here, I think the Suns make it to the finals. Yeah, I I I, I, I believe, believe that, that because watching, watching them through these the last two um, rounds, rounds of playoff, Devin Booker hasn't even really, really needed to go quad mode at any point in time. time. Yeah. The team itself has played so incredibly well and so efficient that who like who can you worry about? You can't leave any player open. Everybody gets shots even in the game. When, when goes out, nothing changes the offense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was just phenomenal. I'm glad they're getting that week off. Uh, they were my Western Conference pick to go all the way to the finals, so good to see them on track. Uh, be able to, you know, all the nagging injuries are going to heal over this week, and they're going to get an opportunity to face either Utah or L.A., who are in a dogfight. Uh, that that's only uh, three games in so far, so uh, long time till that's decided. Uh, incredible, uh, great uh, performance for from Denver this year, but Jamal Murray missing him and Will Barton being uh, injured until this past game. Uh, their backcourt was just decimated. I could I I mentioned it early on, just the the backcourt of Rivers against, and Campazzo against Booker. And Paul, it was just the biggest mismatch we've ever seen, maybe. Uh, just, yeah, no no chance for Denver to really compete when they they lost their, you know, their their top scorer and, and a guy that's, uh, you know, just had a phenomenal year last year in the bubble, Jamal Murray. Yeah, yeah. like, like they, 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 they didn't, didn't have, have enough. enough. Yeah. They didn't they have, have enough, enough uh, uh, so to say, so, uh, so to speak, so bullets in the gun, gun. Yeah. To, 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 to really compete. Phoenix Suns. Uh, they just literally didn't have enough and it showed. But also due to the Phoenix Suns credit, they elevated their play. They really elevated their play. They've elevated their play from round to round, from even from the regular season. So they, they deserve what they've gotten. They deserve to be where they are right now. I think there's going to go. Yeah. Yeah, lots of guys played really well. DeAndre Ayton was just phenomenal uh, to be able to go against the MVP and have such performances like he had. It was great. Uh, Aaron Gordon, a uh, big disappointment for him, for me. Uh, you and I talked about their acquisition of him at the trade deadline. Uh, he was supposed to be that guy to come in and be that third piece. Uh, he had some really tough games, and I'm not sure what's wrong. Uh, he just doesn't seem to have the same hops to the same ability to uh, get you know get his shot off and 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 affect the game much i i, I wasn't impressed with him at all i, I think I he was, was still, still trying, trying to figure out his role in particular in that, in that offense, offense. And let's be honest, honest here like he'd, he'd only, only been, been there for like a quarter of the season, season you know like, like so it wasn't that long and it wasn't that long to get that familiarity 
all his teammates. And then with the fact that the second best guy on the team is injured. Mm-hmm. But they didn't get Jamal Murray at all. So it was, it was tough, tough for Aaron Gordon. And also, too, I, I really felt for Mike Porter Jr., uh, the young man had a bad back from the beginning. And his back actually was up on him and broke the course of this series, which, you know, anybody that's ever had a bad back, it's kind of hard to look around when that thing is, like, stiffening up. So it was a course for Mike Porter Jr., too, as well. He had some... Instances in the series, but nothing that was strung together for a long length of time. Yeah. True. Yeah. So yeah. So Phoenix is on. Uh, they'll be facing either Utah or LA, as I mentioned. Um, Utah was able to dominate those first two games and get some big wins, uh, but uh, the third game was a bit different story. Uh, the Clippers looked fantastic, putting a, up 132. Uh, both Kawhi and PG-13 th- uh, uh, were able to just really, really dominate and g- both get their shots off, uh, both scoring over 30. Uh, when those two guys are both on at the same time, the same game, uh, LA is hard to beat. And, um, yeah, I, I, they finally climbed back into this playoffs, roaring back uh, from 0-2 against the Mavericks and winning that series. Uh, do you think they can do the same thing with, with the Jazz here? You know what? That depends. I'm a little bit worried about the Jazz, jazz right, right now. And the reason why is because uh, Donovan Mitchell left the game for me uh, with the right foot injury that he's been dealing with from uh, the regular season. Yeah. He even had that thing all iced up and stuff. And even with that being said, I believe he left in the third quarter. Yeah. Still at 30 points. Still at 30 points. So. And, and, and he's missing his running mate. He's missing his back quickly in uh, Conley. Mike Conley, yeah. At yeah. this point in time, right? Yeah. So you can kind of say that Donovan Mitchell has been playing this well against two superstars. Yeah. It's him versus two. And he's winning. Yeah. But I, again, I'm worried because that, that uh, injury that he's been playing with, because he's been playing with her. Sure. That's not, that's that's not get it twisted. He's been playing hurt this entire, entire series. series. If he if can't, can't go, go, I think I the Clippers tie it up. up. Yeah. If he, if he, he can't, can't go, go, I think he's, he's going to beg to go, but that's up to the medical staff if they allow him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he it seemed like he wanted to come back onto the court. Uh, it was a blowout, so they didn't allow it. Uh, we'll see how he recovers from it. Um, yeah. You know, Utah's in tough. They, you know, they have the defensive player of the year in Gobert. Uh, Mitchell is a superstar, but uh, he always needed a secondary scorer, and Bogdanovich was that guy a lot this year. Uh, but he had a playoff low nine points, uh, first time not in double figures the whole series. Uh, nobody else was stepping up much. English, uh, English is pretty good uh, when he's on, but. Um, yeah, Conley's a big miss. Uh, they're definitely uh, needing him to come back. And Derek Favors, oh my God, uh, I don't know what's wrong with him. Uh, he comes onto the court. He just looks terrible out there. I'm not sure what's wrong. I don't know if he's injured, trying to play through something, but uh, had a horrible playoffs. Uh, man, he has not helped coming off the bench at all. And uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if Mitchell's able to come back healthy. Yes, they have a shot, but if not, um, yeah, LA is going to be able to come back twice from an 0-2 deficit, and uh, 
advance all the way to the uh, conference final like they were expected to. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, and also too, like, like, Leonard, Leonard is, is leading the way right now. Oh, man. Yes, there's two superstars on that team, but Kawhi is what really makes that engine run. Man. Because he's just been so stellar in the fourth quarter as of late. Amazing. He's just, yeah. He's yeah, we, talk, we talked about CP3 hitting those... Um, those mid-range jumpers, uh, Kawhi is uh, probably the best in the world at that. He just he either drives to the hoop and, and scores, or gets fouled and goes to the line, or he finds that hole somewhere outside the paint and he just hits the shots. He is just deadly accurate with his uh, outside shooting. Sixty-four uh, percent, I think he's at right now during the playoffs. Um, it's just incredible to watch this guy handle the ball and know that. He's going to score almost every time he has the ball. Uh, unless they double him, he, he's going to get his, his points. It's crazy. Yeah, he's yeah, going to get, get his buckets, buckets and, and he's, he's, he's got, got that, that focus, focus right, right now. now. When, he, when drives he drives to the hoop, he's not going for layups. dunking the ball. And, and yeah, that's, that's another difference that's from, from the regular, regular season to the playoffs. playoffs. He, he's, he's driving with um, force yeah. to the hoop. Sure is, he, yeah. he refuses to be stopped. Yeah, 34 and 12 in that game. And uh, yeah, it was a super dominant performance. And yeah, incredible to see. Uh, game four is today, uh, 7 o'clock Pacific. Uh, we're going to get it on the second half of the doubleheader. Uh, the early game today is game four between the Sixers and the Hawks. Uh, Atlanta and Philly split the first two in, in Philly. And then they go back to Atlanta, and Philly wins big, 127-111. Uh, Joel Embiid has been hurt, uh, banged up a, a lot, but uh, still coming at them, uh, scoring at will, getting tons of rebounds, really impacting the game. Uh, Atlanta employed the tactic of double-teaming him all the time when he gets the ball, and it really wasn't a smart move because he found a ton of open outside shooters, that were knocking down buckets, and Philly was running away with this game three. I don't know if Nate McMillan is going to change his philosophy and uh, and play a lot the way they did those first two games. Uh, yeah, where do you see this game four sort of uh, shaking out? I, I think basically Nate will definitely do some adjustments, um, but I think more importantly, the Hawks need to match the Sixers' intensity because... From the, From the first, first game that the Hawks matched to the Sixers, you could tell that the defensive pressure got turned up exponentially for yeah. the next two games. Yeah. The Hawks need to match that. They need to meet that head on, or else they're just going to meet more of the same come this game because the Sixers are coming after them. And they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Like, listen, man, you got a guy like Ben Simmons. Against, against Trey Young, Young and use that link in his athletic ability to his shot. And he yeah. does. He's 6'11". Six six <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And he also he got, got the size. specialist in the Bible. You can block your shot from behind, which yeah. is a sweet hard thing to do without just as a lot. You know, the Hawks that's the thing that we can to me. You match that in You need to come out with five. And then but, but not, not just as an offense. offense. Their, Their offense is come, but they need to match the defensive pressure that, that uh, the Sixers, Sixers are putting on with their own offense. Yeah. They come 
Yeah, I think the Sixers' defense is uh, far superior to what Atlanta has, and uh, you know it's definitely shown to be a, a big advantage. Uh, I, I see Trey Young, you know, doing all he can, but uh, yeah, he he needs some help, and and they definitely you know have to yeah play a lot better defense. Uh, I, I'm not seeing a, a great defensive performance be, uh, from them. Uh, Clint Capella. Uh, 16 boards, um, you know, really in there, but he's not getting a lot of second chance points. I don't know uh, why he's not being able to uh, get, you know, get those points. I guess Embiid is, you know, causing him a lot of troubles. But um, yeah, we'll see how uh, Atlanta, you know, takes a different approach. Uh, that those eight assists uh, Embiid had last game were uh, the most since April 19th. In a game against the Warriors, uh, he's not known for a you know, big passing guy like Jokic is. Uh, he gets the ball and he wants to score. Uh, so, yeah, they, you know, they employed a different tactic. It didn't work. Um, I think you know, they'll go back to what they, tried, what they did in game one and, and see if um, they can make it work better for them. Uh, the other Eastern Conference matchup is uh, tied at two games apiece now. Uh, I... Yeah, I just I was shocked by uh, what happened to uh, Milwaukee uh, in those first two games. Um, the Nets just looked far superior and just blew them out in that uh, second game. But um, Milwaukee's stormed back. Uh, the injuries are rearing their ugly head again on Brooklyn. We've seen it so much this year, and now the big three is down to the big one. And uh, if it stays that way, um, yeah, Milwaukee's going to come all the way back from 0-2 and take the series. Uh, I guess they're really hoping that Harden or Kyrie can, or both can come back uh, in this game. Uh, I don't think KD can do it himself. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be really hard for him to pull this off now with those, those other two guys. Because, because let's be honest, Harden's, Harden's not, not coming, coming back, back to this, this game. game. I said, I said it before, and I'll say it again. again. I think I he's think done for the series. Yeah. I don't think, I don't he's, think he's coming back from the series. And then and with the severity from what I saw on TV, Kyrie Irving's injury, he's not playing it. He's not playing it, and I don't know if he can come in for the next game or the next game after that. It was a pretty serious ankle sprint. And especially for man that's crying out in pain and writhing around on the court like that, that's a, a, a bad injury. It's bad. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I get I credit in the world for the box, box spot. The one thing that I really like to see from Giannis, from Giannis from Kumpo, it's got to start thinking about the threes, man. I think, I think the, the coach staff can say, we'll give you four. <laughs> you take four points again, and that's it. That's all you that's get. That's all yeah. I want to ever see from you. Because yeah. his, his percentage, percentage doesn't work for him. Those shots in place. So, why take? Yeah. Get in. Do your damage in the post. Head down, Bill. Do your damage there. But do not start taking these threes because it's just detrimental to the team. Yeah, no, his three point shot is just not there this playoffs. And yeah, you know, I think Brooklyn welcomes him to shoot that because it's such a low percentage that typically they're, you know, not getting any points on that trip down the floor. Uh, you look at uh, Brooklyn's scoring in that last game. You see KD with 28. Uh, Kyrie had 11 in 17 minutes, and then everybody else is uh, single digits. 
Nobody's scoring. Uh, we expected Joe Harris to really go off. He's one of the most lethal outside shooters. Not sure where his game goes. Uh, you know, 38 minutes, he's got eight points. It's not enough from from your, uh, you know, preeminent three-point shooter. Blake Griffin, you know, had an early good start to these playoffs, but um, he's becoming a non-factor. Uh, Jeff Green came back, hadn't played in quite a while since the early part of the playoffs. Uh, he's going to, you know, give them a bump, but, um, yeah, they're in trouble if uh, one of these two guys don't come back. And like you say, it's, it's highly unlikely that we're going to see either one of them this next game for sure. Yeah, yeah, it is it highly is unlikely. unlikely. And, and you look, look at the at Bucks. The only, the only person, person that they have injured at this point in time is Di Vincenzo. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That, and, and that's, that's, that's not one, one of their, their big three with the holiday moves for Giannis. Yeah, they're healthy. And so, for to ask KD to say, "You got to beat those three dudes," you got it in you. Can you do it? I'm not saying they can't. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying, saying that you can't, but it's, it's, it's going to be a monumental task to get that done. Milwaukee's won 12 straight at home, 15 straight holding opponents under 100 points. Their defense has really been superior. Uh, you and I talked about this all season long. Brooklyn had phenomenal offense, but the defense needed to step up in the playoffs. It's still really not there in most of these games. That second game was really bizarre, 86-83. Uh, you know, has not a score we're seeing, uh, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, really. Uh, it was a really bizarre game. Not a lot of people hitting shots. Uh, very sloppy. Uh, Milwaukee was really lucky to pull that one out, scoring 86. It got blown out the game before scoring 86 by, yeah. like, 40-something points. Yeah, and it was like they scored 86 and won. It was like, wow, holy cow, that was a shock. Quite the squeaker, but... Um, yeah, Milwaukee's defense uh, is superior. Uh, they really have, uh, you know, turned the series around now. Uh, I saw this amazing piece on Drew Holiday and his two brothers, three guys in the uh, three brothers in the NBA, Aaron and Justin, uh, both playing with the Pacers, and uh, it, they they played against each other earlier this year. First time three brothers have ever played against each other in a game like that. It was pretty neat and cool. And uh, quite the family being able to get three boys into the NBA. But Drew, you've said it right from the start. That acquisition is going to put Milwaukee over the top. And it has really proven to be prophetic. Man, you were right. And they, uh, you know, he is just such a shutdown guy. He's an amazing, amazing guard. Yeah, yeah he is he an is amazing, amazing guard. guard. I, I thought, thought that he would be that missing piece that they needed. Yeah. To, to, to go, go get, get, to get, get over, over, go over the top, to get past that, that obstacle, and to keep a chance to win, win a win ring. Yeah. And then and also, then too, uh, I'm going to have, have to apologize. I missed another guy. guy. And so that, that would be P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker, I've right. been super impressed yeah. with his tenacity against Durant. He can try to slow him down. You're never going to stop that dude. But he, every game I watch, you can't ask anything more from anybody else. He is putting maximum, maximum effort to try to stop that guy. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, good call. Yeah, that's another huge acquisition for them. And the management of the Bucks, you know, saw some early exits the last few seasons when they had the MVP of the league. They had, you know, elite uh, they were finishing at the top of the East and they were really 
you know, considered one of the front runners, uh, missing out, missing out, and saying, okay, we got to sign Giannis, and then we got to get some pieces. And the pieces they brought in are just phenomenal. Great, great, great moves by them. And I think, uh, yeah, Brooklyn's in a whole world of trouble. Uh, I'm a fan of Steve Nash, and I hope they do well because of Nash. But, uh, yeah, with these injuries, uh, they've had them all year, just like the Lakers had. Uh, I, I think they're in serious, serious jeopardy of, of losing this series and Milwaukee advancing. It, it's, it's kind of funny, funny because, because here, here we, are we are thinking to ourselves, as the regular season is going on, it's like, okay, okay these guys, guys are in and out, and out because, because of injuries. injuries. But, but we, we figured... figured What's the playoff start? They could be good, like especially if they're if they're healthy. It's like they're nagging in. They don't. They're not actually gone. They're still there, and we forget about that sometimes. And so now in the playoffs, and all of a sudden, before you know it, Harden tweaks his hamstring. Like what? Ten seconds into the game, and then I I not he's gone. Now now he's gone for serious. And then, and then all of a sudden, Kyrie with, with the unfortunate thing where he took the bank on Jonathan's foot. And it was, and it was a, a bad twist, like yeah. bad spring. Bad, yeah. Now you're down from big three to big one. <laughs> and that, that big, big one, one, it's not it's like not he like hasn't gotten over a major injury himself. So he's on an island unto himself. Again, he does have the greatness to overcome. I just kind of at this point in time yeah 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 me too yeah it's uh it's too bad uh you know i i I figured this was going to be a running uh, news story this year uh they had the shortest off season they ever had compressing games into a compressed schedule uh i just um yeah i just saw a lot of difficulties COVID rearing its ugly head and making a lot of guys play a lot more minutes than they were used to. And, uh, yeah, just uh, I thought there would be some teams affected. Uh, the two front runners at the beginning of the year were Brooklyn and L.A. They were supposed to be meeting in the final. Uh, but uh, injuries have really decimated those guys all season long. And, and uh, yeah, I, I see it affecting them to the point where, yeah, I think we're going to see different teams in, in this final now. And, and uh yeah it'll be historic it'll be something we'll remember for a long time the two favorites uh, not making it. it hasn't been that way for many years usually people can call it at the early part of a season and know who's going to be in the finals but uh, this year it doesn't look like it's the case yeah, yeah. and that was the exciting part of this year because of the, the unexpected yeah you had no idea what was going to happen or how this is all going to play out people thought you know it probably that, you know, like, like, look at that team, it's ridiculous. But now that all these injuries have happened to him, it's like, that's not said to anymore. In yeah. fact, it doesn't look very likely. Yeah. You know, so, and then also, any of the teams coming out of the West, I don't know who's coming out of the West. You think it's the Lakers, and then David has that in, and the Suns take him out. And so now you're like, so is it the Clippers? That that's not guaranteed either. Yeah. That is absolutely not guaranteed. So, I I I myself I love the Suns. I think yeah. out of all the teams in the West, they're playing. That's why well, I believe they will win. Yeah, well, it's incredible. Uh, Phoenix has never really got a lot of press, being where they are in the country and not success in many many years. 
Booker, uh, always a big scorer, but never having that uh, playoff appearances to show, you know, how really talented he is. This is his eighth season, and he's still under 25 years old. Uh, so, you know, he's got a lot of experience. Uh, finally getting somebody like CP3 in there. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, the number one overall pick, getting in there and being able to be a force in the paint. And uh, so many pieces put together. Uh, Monty Williams, you know, quite the story, losing his wife in a car accident and, uh, you know, still having to pursue, uh, per persevere. Had, a, you know, got fired in his first opportunity, comes back, uh, takes over this team uh, who were, you know, have never really had success in the you know foreseeable f uh, past. And all of a sudden, uh, yeah, they are... Uh, they're a force to be reckoned with, and I would not be surprised to see them in the final for sure. No, no, no. and, and I, it was, it was such, such a touching touch moment, moment at the at end, end of that, that game when they swept them, and, and seeing Chris Paul and Monty Williams share, share that, that hug. hug. Yeah, because, because like, like they, 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 they could travel, travel together too. too. Like I believe when Chris Paul first came to Lake, Monty was his coach. Yeah, and they each grown in their own way. Yeah, Monty has been on record saying that when he started. He wasn't, he wasn't open, open to, like, like uh, suggestions from the players. Because yeah. this would be his way or the highway. Right. And now, and now as, he, as a coach, he goes, no, nah, the best, best of these guys, you know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I, it, it would do good to listen to what they have to say. Their input is super valuable yeah. at this point. And so, brought Chris Paul in. That's when Chris Paul is thrown as a player. And that is... Well, well, and he and knows, he knows how, how to pull it back, back a little bit because he's he super intense. He's one of the most competitive people in the NBA. And, and then now, it's almost like a perfect form where, where at this, this point, point in time in their careers, careers they can they make this work because they're perfect for each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's magic. Uh, yeah, CP3, there were you know, lots of talk that he's he's past his prime, he's you know, not worth the money that he's getting paid and he's getting paid very, very handsomely, but he came in and has really rejuvenated this franchise and, and taken them to a place they haven't been in a long, long time. So yeah, it's fun to see. Uh, Jalen Rose put out a top five players under 25 the other day. And uh, man, look at the players that are on this list. Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, and Trey Young. Uh, the NBA has went through some phases where they weren't sure who was going to be the guy to take over the reins of the, the league and really, uh, you know, be the exciting players. Uh, man, those five guys, holy cow, just all incredibly fun to watch and super dynamic players. And also, with this draft coming up, we're going to have players, players coming to the league that's, that's going to change, change franchises. Franchise. 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 So, so now... now I'm, I'm wondering, wondering you, I'm, I'm going to put a question, question over to you. Sure. Do you think we're entering another golden age for the NBA? Yeah. We've been fortunate enough that we went through already. Yep. Jordan, Barkley, and all of that. The end of one, the end of first. I got a feeling. I got a feeling we may be entering another one yeah. right now. For sure. Yeah. No, I fully agree. I think. Uh, yeah, I think you know NBA is just at an incredible point in their history, and yeah, you, you're right. Uh, there was that Magic Bird era, then Jordan took over, and when he came, you know, when he started fading out and he finished, 
Uh, it was supposed to be LeBron James to take over, and LeBron James has had a phenomenal career, but uh, I just love the injection of a phenomenal young talent. Uh, as, as the veterans start fading out of this game, there's still some amazing veterans like CP3, but and LeBron, you know, who has just kept himself at such an elite level for so many years, but um, the injection of these young guys that are under 25 and, and taking over franchises and taking them to playoffs and great successes, uh, uh, man, I'm just loving basketball right now more than I ever have. Yeah, yeah me too. Me too. I, I'm, I'm loving the game. I love the way the game is played. And uh, I love the fact that, like, you know, like, they play a team now. Because for a while, the NBA went away from them. It was way too much ice football. Sure. You know, like yeah, stuff for a hero, hero ball. You know what I mean? Like, sure. it was just, hey, hey, watch And I know you don't go there, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why I wasn't a fan of uh, Rocket Style. Right. Where it was just hard to dribble. Like, yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Nice. He's just doing his thing. I'll be in the corner. Corner, corner, Anytime you want that. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, yeah that that was sort of sad to watch. Uh, he didn't get an assist like I think all season there. It was like, oh my god, he just yeah comes across the timeline, he dribbles the ball, dribbles the ball until he jukes enough until he gets open, shoots a three. Yeah, here we go. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that Houston team that uh, he was on, uh, Mike D'Antoni today uh, interviewed for the Portland Trailblazers open job. Terry Stotts was fired last week. Uh, also, Chauncey Billups and Becky Hammonds are uh, supposed to be in the running for this job. Um, do you think uh, D'Antoni's going to get a shot there and ha- take over that team uh, with the, his style? Here's, Here's the, problem the problem with D'Antoni. D'Antoni. He's, not, He's really not really worried, worried about, about that defense stuff, stuff, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that in Portland, that's what Portland's missing, right? Yes, yes, and that's what yeah. Portland's missing. Yeah. Their defense. They got it. They got better at that. They already got scoring. Scoring is fine. They need better defense. They want to get over. They want it. Because Damian Lillard deserves it. He deserves the organization. And so that means they need to put a coach in there that will get him to where he needs to be, where he wants to be, because he's a champion. Yeah. And then they also need to get the players that they need. Sure. I don't know what they can move. I think there's certain pieces they want to keep, obviously. But they need some defensive stoppers on that team. Because right now, as it stands, they got none. Yeah. Yeah, none. None. Yeah. Be great to see Chauncey Billups finally get an opportunity. You've loved his career. I'd love to see what he would bring as a coach. Uh, and also, Becky Hammonds uh, has done a phenomenal job in San Antonio taken over for Pop a couple times when he uh, got tossed. And, uh, yeah, supposedly uh, his top assistant. be great to see a woman finally uh, take the reins of a NBA franchise and, and uh, yeah, see what she can do. No, that, no, would, that be would be awesome. awesome. That, would, that be would be fantastic. fantastic. But, but now, now when, you, when, when I, think I think about it more, more maybe, maybe Billups would be the perfect choice for the Portland Trailblazers. Trail Why? The Detroit Pistons when he won. Yeah. Those two championships. Right. Their defense was ridiculous. Amazing. You're not scoring on them at all. But so maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need a guy to tell these guys, like, hey, you know, defense is important. 
It'd be great if Chauncey could co- coax Ben Wallace out of retirement and uh, <laughs> man the middle there. He's probably still uh, super uh, amazing in the, in the paint there. Uh, but yeah, I think Chauncey's probably the, the, the best fit there for, for the team and what they need. Um, yeah. Hey, man, this was super fun. It was great to have Scott involved. This yeah. is a super busy week for Complete Sports Media and the Complete Media Network. We've got uh, some big podcasts coming up this week. We've got a, a huge one tomorrow. It's Mark Curtin, former NHL player, battling with ALS these days, uh, trying to raise some funds for the cause, help him and many of the people that suffer from it. For some reason, a lot of athletes suffer from ALS, and uh, we've seen uh, what it's done to them. Can't wait to, to have Mark come into the podcast. I've also got Olivier Felton tomorrow. Uh, he's going to come in and talk about the Euro Cup and uh, all the goings on. He's going to uh, be here immediately after the France-Germany game. Uh, so we'll be able to break that down. Uh, being the French uh, footballer he is, that's going to be fun to talk to. And then Wednesday, we've got Tanner Bozer coming in to do a podcast. And then we've got a guy, Barry Grant, who does the All Even podcast. And uh, so it's a busy week for Complete Sports Media. Tons of stuff to break down and talk to. Uh, but this was a lot of fun, man. Uh, I enjoyed talk breaking down the UFC 263 card, as well as the great NBA playoffs that are continuing on. This was fantastic. This was fantastic. And I'm, I'm so happy to see that you're so super busy this week. And then that's awesome. Man. That's awesome. Because it just means that we're on the up. We're going up. And that's, that's all we're going. Yeah. Keep going up. Keep going up. Yeah. Tanner was supposed to, I was hoping he would join us today and we would do the the, the three-way call uh, with, with him. But uh, Scott ended up filling in and doing a great job. Uh, I always love uh, his breakdowns and, and nice to um, get a different perspective. And, and uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was a blast. Uh, this is going up in the upper echelons of the Hall of Fame Complete Sports Media Podcast. And, and as you say, yeah, yeah, we're just moving on up. Uh, we've got some really good guests lined up in the coming weeks. Uh, keep tuning in. Keep telling your friends and family. Keep liking these podcasts, and uh, we'll keep bringing them to you. Thanks, uh, thanks again, buddy. Uh, I'm super happy that we can keep doing this every Monday. And uh, enjoy your week. I'm sure we'll be in really close contact over the next few days. You betcha, man. Uh, it's always appreciated. No, no, and uh, uh, just, just much, much love, love, man. Much, much love, 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 man. All right. You too, buddy. All the best. We'll talk right. soon. Okay. Talk soon. Cheers. Okay. Uh, that's so great. Uh, yeah, it was a heck of a great podcast. <laughs> a lot of fun, as always. Uh, I, I, I hope we can do that again with Scott. That was fun. Uh, Jason's going to come back at you, Scott. Uh, look out. Uh, he, he, uh, he was surprised, uh, but uh, he probably won't be surprised next time. And uh, I'm sure there'll be shots fired. A lot of fun. And uh, I do want to mention our partners and sponsors before we go. Uh, please, uh, let's talk about, um, yeah, let's talk about uh, our great partners and sponsors. Uh, we've got uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company. Fantastic. Uh, value for your money. Uh, the V350 stick is a can't-miss stick. If you're a player or know a player, please purchase a V350 stick. 
Uh, we've got Anchor FM. Anchor is call, calls himself the easiest place to make a podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and you can, um, yeah, really exactly do what we're doing here. Have a lot of fun uh, talking to, to, to people and putting together these great podcasts. They are phenomenal at podcast at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. Uh, Forever Living, the Aloe Vera Company, they carry uh products for health and beauty and pampas and possibilities a phenomenal company really really happy and thank you so much to our partners and sponsors as always and thank you for your time i really appreciate it and um, yeah tune into the complete media network com uh, completemedianetwork.com uh, we've got tons of things going uh, in so many different areas you're going to be very excited with the direction we're taking this company in uh, thanks again. Uh, love you lots. Take care of yourself. Have a great week ahead. And uh, don't forget to tune in tomorrow and Wednesday. We've got some phenomenal guests. Okay, take care. Bye for now.